Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreamer Talks. My name is Abby Volkovich, and I'm your host. It is my job on this podcast to introduce you to dreamers from many different fields and walks of life. It is important to note that we can learn many things from the people we surround ourselves with. This is why I have ventured out to interview dreamers who are willing to share their journey with us. For this week's episode, we're going to discuss a different kind of dream. Life can sometimes hit us with unexpected situations, leaving us in the middle of a nightmare. It takes great strength and willpower to surpass these challenges and build yourself up from tragedy. Our guest today is Robert Ouzen. Robert was an officer in the IDF and now works at the University of Haifa, running the entire logistics of the university. In the episode, he will get into detail about his army service, as well as the car accident which left him in a wheelchair for almost 40 years. Despite the challenges, he's done amazing things throughout his life, and everyone who meets Robert has an innate inclination to fall in love with his personality and presence. Without further ado, I give you Robert Ouzen. Enjoy. IDC Radio, 106.2 FM. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Dreamer Talks. Uh, our guest today is Robert Ouzen. Uh, said that correctly? Correctly. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, so Robert uh, has a very interesting story to tell from his military service and up to where he has gone to today. Uh, so please, Robert, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, what you did in the army, and then what happened afterwards right. to get you to where you are today. Okay. First of all, I'm 64 now, just uh, two weeks ago. And um, I was born in Tunisia, in a little town named Sous. And uh, when I was... Uh, Two, two, three. We have to go back to France because uh, we are French. In uh, by my parents, uh, because um, Tunisia got their uh, independence, and they kick out the Jews and the French from the from the country. So we moved to France um, in a town called Montpellier. It's in the south. It's between Nice and Marseille. And I was there till uh, 1971 because two of, we, are, we are five brothers. I am the little one, the family. Two of my brothers immigrated in 1968 after the Six Day War. That we, it was a big bang in France. We, we know every time that we are Jews, no problem. But you know, a new country, Israel. So my uh, brother Daniel and George came in Israel in 1968. My third brother Gabi Gabriel came in 69. My fourth brother David came in 70. So my parents say, okay, it's not uh, just uh, you know crazy stuff that the kids came and. They saw they, they really want to to come here and to stay here. So my parents decided to immigrate too. 
So in 1971, we came, my mother, my father, me, my grandmother, my aunt with her little daughter. Yael. In this time, it was um, it was very common to come with a boat because Israel had uh, five boats to the team agency. And it was great. We came with a boat five days. It was absolutely great. We arrived to Haifa. We came to a little town, suburb of uh, Haifa, it's called Kiryat Bialik. We stayed there. But because my brother, when they came, they were in the kibbutz, kibbutz Ramad David. And uh, I was uh, between 15 and 16 when I came here. Uh, so all my vacation, uh, holidays, Almost all the Shabbatot. I was in the kibbutz in Ramad David. When I finished school, and I uh, I went to the army, as I moved completely to Ramad David, with my two, my brother was still living there, David and George. And uh, um, I go. I went to the army, and I went to the unit called Andasakravit, the bomber squad in the Israeli army. Uh, I served uh, four and a half years because I became an officer. And, uh, and almost two and more years I served in Sinai before we get it back to the Egyptians. My uh, my service was tough, but uh, I really like it. Until now, almost 45 years after it, I have still contact with my colleagues, with my soldiers. Um, if I can maybe interject here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we have very uh, similar, uh, you know, your whole family then deciding to come to Israel. Uh, I see... A, Interesting parallel because that's kind of what has happened with my family. So it's uh, interesting uh, how that connects. And um, I want to kind of touch upon right now on your army service uh, mm. because you did go to become, uh, I assume, first a commander and then an officer. Uh, what drove you to really want to pursue uh, becoming a commander and then uh, leading? First of all, I wanted to serve, of my opinion, what is the best. And uh, for me, it's, it's like a, a part of the Zionism that became in Israel. And for me, it was very important to to try, and I succeed, to be an officer and to lead you know, people. And uh, it was very important. And I was so happy when I achieve this uh, this dream and um, and in the 70 76 in my, I recall or I was uh, in the course of uh, um, um, not officers yet but to be you know a sergeant and uh, he was a f uh, I, I 
tech is there. The first big operation is called Operation Litani, that we go in Lebanon and we reach the Nahal. Nahal, how you said Nahal? The, the river? The river. The river called Litani. And we stopped there because it was then a lot of problem with the Hezbollah because it was always uh, get target Kirat uh, Shmona and yeah. all this town around. So it was my first operation, big operation. Okay, in what, 66? And this is when you were still a, a commander, not an yeah. officer yet. Uh, no, no, I was a commander, but yeah. not an officer. Right. Okay, not an officer. And uh, after that, I, I, my unit moved to Sinai. And I spent there almost two and a half years in Sinai. But I love it, by the way. It was quite, it was very tough. Sometimes I'm not laughing, but I heard the the new soldier now, you know, talking about uh, getting out to vacation from the army, and they are talking, wow, one week, two weeks. Our regular, it was at least four weeks, five weeks before we get to get the permission to get to come home. And, uh, and a lot of hours was in the bus, because coming from Sinai yeah. to Haifa, <laughs> it was a long time. But still, I really, really enjoy because my soldier, my company, my people I was with them, was very great people. It was a lot of problem, I don't think it was always, was a fixed box, but it was a great time. So I, I got released in 79, 79. I go back to the kibbutz. And in 1981, it was the first Lebanon war. So I go in again as an officer this time, as an officer. And, uh, and, and, I have a little story. When I went, because I was in Milwim, when I get my Tzav Shmone, and when we, I got in, um, it was in uh, South, uh, because I was, uh, um, I was boss uh, with Ugda uh, Sheva. Mm -hmm. With the uh, tanks. tanks yeah. yeah. Tanks. And, uh, and I was there. And in the beginning, I was, uh, they put me in the, in the company. It was okay with the great guys. But there I met a lot of my soldiers in my uh, regular army. And they said that they want to, co to come in with me. And for me, it was, you know, and it was, it was not very, they were tough soldiers. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, I go to my uh, um, officer in charge, and I ask him, and I got permission wow. to went with my old soldiers, and uh, we did the war. It was not easy because this time I don't want to go in too much, but in this time it was 
And the first line was uh, uh, Litany River. After that, it became to be more mess. And Sharon decided that we go to till uh, Beirut. And we stay a long, a long time there. A uh, few years, not me, but Israel stay in Lebanon. I recall correctly, seven, eight years before we came back. And uh, it was not, uh, because in this time it was so crazy, really crazy, because it was a, a lot of organization with us and against us. Mm -hmm. And you didn't know with firing, if it's people you, you was like Falangot, mm -hmm. Falangot was the, the Christian unit, and it was a Hezbollah, and it was a Palestinian. It was crazy. It was not really, it was crazy. But I, uh, we, we do what we have to do. And uh, after that I was released, I came back to my uh, kibbutz, Ramad David. And in this time, I had two friends of mine, very good friends of mine, uh, from the kibbutz, moved to Kibbutz Kalia. Kibbutz Kalia is in the south, near uh, Engedi. Mm -hmm. And they asked me if I want to go with them, to help them to 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 put the refet for the cows. Yeah. So I uh, go down for a few weeks, I stop, and I fall in love with this place called Kalia. By the way, Kalia, it's a Kama Litria Yam Amelach. Hoof Lamed Yud He. And I fall in love there. And I work in the kibbutz, like in Raftan. And uh, in uh, 83, August 83, my brother David, uh, living, still living in Ramah David, uh, get married. And we were very, very close, mm -hmm. very close. Uh, he, and we are, we are um, a huge difference of age. I am first of October 56, and my brother is 83 of October 46. So we have 10 years difference. But still we were very, very close. And when I was a kid, he was helping me with, a, you know, with a Avodot Baichela Petsefer from the school. When I was in Ramad David, we live door to door, right. we work together in the kibbutz, in the refet. So we were very close. So when he, he decided to be... So to he, he was, he's the oldest? He, no, he was the second one. Okay. Oldest is uh, Daniel. Mm -hmm. With Daniel, I have 12 years Got difference. And, uh, <clears throat> and so when he decided to get married, he asked me to come to help him in the kibbutz. So I take uh, one week vacation from the kibbutz, from Kalia. I went to Ramadavi back, and we prepared the wedding. It was absolutely gorgeous. Lot of fun because he was in charge of the refet, and, and in the meantime, he was in charge of the ulpan and of the volunteers. So he 
it was a tough So he had a, a full squad to yeah, help him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we did a great time in the Chana Ruchel outside. After that, with the, with the friends, we made a great party in the swimming pool. And after two days, after the. It was fun. Fun and very intense. And after two days, he asked me if I can do of the parents of his uh, new wife, because she was American, to the airport to go back to the state. Because my brother, when he was not a kid, he was 20, 21, he had an accident. And he, uh, he had the glasses. And he was driving tractor, no problem. He didn't have a drive license. So he asked me if I can. So we we drove uh, me, David, Lorelai's wife, and the parents of Lorelai. We put them to the airport. I remember only that after they get out from the to the to the plane, we had a, a coffee because it was two or three o'clock in the morning, and said. I don't remember nothing. When we drove back, we have an accident. No, it was it was not another car involved. I think I fall in sleep on the because I was driving, and I and it's not far away from the kibbutz. I was maybe Vadimilek uh, um, um, Road. This one. Mm -hmm. And we were maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes from the kibbutz. And uh, I get out from the road and the car get uh, damaged. I don't remember nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, I wake up almost three weeks after that because I was in coma. And uh, the prognosis was very bad. My family told me that I have a very little chance to survive. Instead, my brother was, they told me, that my brother was almost all the time awake. And uh, after three weeks, I get that from coma. I still think another week to, to, supervi to supervise me. Okay. And they decided to move me to the Shikum, Tel Aviv, Shikum Bet. People are injured in the cold, neurologic cold. My brother, in contrary, go bed. They, they discovered that there was a lot of uh, injury inside, in the belly, everything. So he stayed there in Bellinson. And they did, uh, they did dialysis and stuff. It was uh, August uh, 1819. Uh, I was already one month in the Shikum. And in October 10, something like that, he passed away. He passed away. And I remember that in the Ripui Bisuk, like a physiotherapy, uh, because it was almost uh, this uh, anniversary. So, because I had problems with my hand, 
especially the right hand. So Siri helped me to write a letter, a bracha, to David for his anniversary. I don't know if I read it. I really don't know. And uh, he passed away. And uh, this was very, very, very tough, very, very hard, especially that I didn't, he didn't give me the permission to go to the Levaya. To the funeral. funeral. Because I was with a lot of tubes and a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't get, so I, I wasn't in the funeral. And for me, it's, it's, uh, it's very not easy to digest. Uh, And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, and from there, I was uh, almost one year in uh, re-education. Yeah, in the reha rehabilitation. Re rehabilitation in uh, Shikum. Uh, I was 26 in this time. And uh, after I uh, got released, I went back to the Kayot, not to the Kibbutz, because it was not possible. I go back to the Krayot because my mother, father, still lives there in Krayot, Bialik. I rent a little house. Uh, and uh, now it's uh, the big part because we have to decide what to do. Mm -hmm. I cannot be a kibbutznik anymore, right. driving tractor, stuff like that. So I decided to go after uh, almost 27 to go study. So I went to Haifa University. I studied statistics, first degree. And during my first degree, I became to be an advisor for the students in a program doing statistics called SAS, SPSS. I began like this. And slowly, slowly, I moved up. Move up till now, so I am thirty-two years now. Haifa University, Haifa University. As as I said to you previously, I am I, I have several jobs, but now actually, I am in charge of uh, all all the data. If you do it short, uh, all the data in the campus. Right. All the management, all management data, mm -hmm. including um, from the academic, not academic, students, everything. I love my job. People I am working as great. And uh, okay, of course, during this or this story in eighty. Eight, I met my wife, Amy. It was a little bit funny. Mm -hmm. We met in a squash court because I was a good friend of mine, Frank Tinau. Uh, she was uh, in, then she was in hotels, uh, in the plains, for okay. uh, friends. And she always came to Israel to visit and she was playing squash. So she asked me if I can go with her because she didn't know anybody to go with her. I went with her to the Haifa 
the squash courts. Yeah. And she was East, she played against Amy. And uh, we became, we talk. And it was funny, the first talk was about cows. Why? <laughs> because Amy, she was a kibbutznik too, this time. And she was walking the refet. So it's funny to say, it's no romantic, but the facts. <laughs> so our first talk was about cows. And by then, we get friends and get married. And uh, in 91, we had our first daughter, Maya. She just had a, a holiday one week ago, two weeks ago. Uh, Maya, we tried to, to have another kids, but we didn't succeed. And uh, in 95, we succeeded after almost two years to adopt. A little boy called Tomer was, and he came to our family. It was four four years ago, old, and she came. So now we have two kids, Maya and Tomer, and uh, amazing, no, okay. incredible. So I wanna, if you can maybe give the listeners, you know, your story is. Unordinary uh, to hear um, the struggles that you might have gone through uh, mentally when uh, what happened with your yeah. like your brother. If you could maybe, I'm assuming that it, it took a while, you know, a couple of years yeah. to really get Understood. through it and uh, yeah. absorb the situation. But if you could maybe provide the listeners with potential uh, tips or uh, mental techniques yeah. that they could maybe tell themselves whenever they themselves go through something either slightly equivalent to such uh, events okay, or similar. Okay. Um, First of all, I have to say for me, it was a great deal that always during all my rehab, rehab mm -hmm. even in Bilinson when I was in Tipu Nimrats, uh, ER, yeah. When diplomats and after that, when I moved to Shikun, I have a great family. There was every time, every day, with me, my parents, my father, my brothers, everybody was with me. But not only my family, friends too, from friends from Ramadavid, friends from Kalia, friends from the army. They are always with me, always. Almost one year, there was almost every day was somebody with me, somebody in my bed, in the rehab. And I think it gives me a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. I think I, I am, how you said in English, I think I am a strong man. Okay, I think mentally. Mm -hmm. And I, and uh, for me, I, I cannot say that, that I didn't have period of down, mm -hmm. period of why, question like why, why me? Uh, because you know, when you are 26, you know, things, the world is open to you. Why didn't? A lot of questions. Why I didn't stop? 
five minutes when I drop to have a coffee, you know, just to wash my face. Okay, stupid, stupid thing, but it's why now I thought my daughter, she don't have a, yet a driver license, but my son, yes. So I always say to Tomer, when you drive, take two minutes, stop, take a coffee, take a, I don't know, eat something, mm-hmm. wash your face. Uh, especially that now, you know, kids are drinking. And, and uh, so it's a lot of questions. Right. But I, uh, for me, and this is the main purpose of why I continue and why it's, it's, it's maybe, uh, I, I can call it funny, it's for my brother. Mm-hmm. Because I said, he passed away, and for me, it's important me to continue mm-hmm. uh, because uh, it's important. Yeah, I understand. Okay. And uh, and for my mother and father, the, they lose already one kid, and uh, and uh, okay. Yeah. And the tips, it's. Uh, I hope that uh, the, the people who, uh, we said, it's a pity to say it, but it will be, uh, still will be in people with accident, people with an handicap. I hope they will get help with an tmicha and uh, support, support yeah. from family, from friends. Because in the beginning, you cannot let alone I don't know how how you can pass this uh, this period, and uh, and after that you have to continue because you have no many possibilities. Say oh you make suicide, and you say okay, it's not for me, it's kind of life, or you continue, mm-hmm. and I can say now after almost. 40 years, it's a life after, it's a life. I don't say it's a great life in the purpose of of uh, legs, and but you can have family, you can get married, you can get kids, if you can, you can adopt now, especially now, you have so many possibilities to have kids and to family, you can work, you can succeed, and of course, uh, um, it will be not fair if I didn't, I didn't say that. You, uh, in, in, I don't know how to say it in English, um, uh, maybe we translate and we say, mm-hmm. You're not complete with the yeah. handicap, but you but learn, you to, learn live with to live with it. Mm-hmm. Is like this. You have to live, to live with it, and uh, and uh, and you live with it. And of course, more the more here past, you are more efficient with how to live with, it, with your handicap. And the important thing that I said is your family, friends, very important. And I think that how you you 
שלי. How you... איך אתה מכחין את עצמך? Present yourself? איך you... Not present, but... The people get you. Because if you are, you know, happy, you can say happy, friendly, people, you know, understand to... To, to be with you. And remember when I was a student, my first year, I would prepare my, my coffee, my thermos, and I was, no, because there was a problem that I feel very shy of my, of my handicap. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, making my thermos, sitting, you know, in the corner, and the students came to me. And say, why you are still sitting alone? Well, come with us to the cafeteria. And, and it's very important. And that, that, and, you know, slowly, slowly, you, you, you become to understand that, okay, it's visual, okay, you handicap. But it's not the main thing. Yeah, it's not really it's what your, identifies yeah, you. It's, yeah. it's yourself. It's how you, how you behave, how you, you connect, how you, you, you react, and uh, and uh, you know, for me, it's, it's you know difficult because you, you see my handicap, but I am thinking about people outside can look, you know, great, but they are bipolar, they are, I don't know, they have, uh, uh, I don't know, some other, so many. Diseases, yeah. didn't see. Even a guy, I have a great friend of mine called Yael. She's handicapped, but she she ever she lose one leg. Mm -hmm. She have a, a prothesa, prothesis, and, and from outside, people that don't know cannot realize. And they assume it. Yeah, and she have an handicap car. It's a lot of time when she parked in a handicap. Uh, Spot. Uh, spot. Yeah. People come to her and say, why you are, why you are. <laughs> so because from outside, you don't see because she has pants. And right. So uh, I, I think the, I think you have to, to be yourself. I think you have to be yourself. Right. And, and, and it, it's okay. It's okay. It's not just okay. It will be a, a period of, 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 of you know, of, Lows and uh, yeah, of pessimism mm -hmm. and question why, 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 but 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 in the end, uh, I think the life it's worth to live it, right? Absolutely. When just now, when I see him, I have the birds, and uh, and uh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, yeah, it's not easy, really, but it's okay, amazing, it's amazing. Oh, well, Robert. The first time I met you and you you started sharing this you know your story, I was blown away by uh, your presence. Like you said, that uh, you're very strong mentally, and I definitely saw that within you. Um, if you have any last words that you would maybe want to say to people listening, who consider themselves dreamers or want to achieve something, yet they see some difficulties with it and then they might give up. Any Just general advice for not even people yeah, who yeah. struggle. Ge yeah, general advice that to get help. Mm -hmm. I don't know how professional help, family help, mm 
friends, talk with the friends, good friends, to get out because it's very heavy. It's very heavy when you are sitting in your bed and all the south, especially when you when you lose someone in the accident. So I think it's very important, and it's funny because when I went in the in the in the, in the hospital in Chicon, we have a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. She was she was a woman, very nice woman, Nita, and and, and she always came to me you know, to try to talk, and I said Nita, I don't want to talk. If you want to talk about coffee, about the weather. But the birds, okay. But I was very anti right. to open myself. Okay, it take me a long time. And it's it's funny, one of my teachers in school, Bialik, my English teacher, so she became my mechanechet. In the beginning, she was American. And she came to Israel. She was previously a Psychologist, right. After I, I we finished uh, the school in '75. Uh, I, I know that she go back to the state. She make another degree, and she come back for, to Israel. And we, all this time we was in, we were very uh, connected, uh, yeah, connected. All the class till now. Wow. Every year we have a meeting here with friends. Some some come from states because you have two three friends living in states. They come and you have a meeting here almost every year. And uh, when she became uh, she come back, so we have connection. I talk to her, and for few few session we talk, we talk together, we talk together, because for me it was easier because I know her. And uh, she know me on on my leg like kids. I was I was very sport sport guy. Play soccer, I run. So she know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what I want to say is that I don't know in in which stage in life it's better to be to 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 be in the beginning that you don't want it when you are already in the hospital or in a shikum or to to get help. Talk open because I think it's a yeah, it's uh, definitely easier to do things yeah with help. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but you know everybody yeah, is yeah. on their own time. Your own time. Okay. And I, I have to say it will take me a long years to talk. And uh, but if it's my advice, you can say to the to the people that talk, and you know, it can be a friend, it can be yeah. family, it can be colleague, For it can sure. be somebody. It's better that somebody's professional because you have all these techniques. Techniques, yeah. but uh, open open yourself, open yourself. Don't let stuff you know inside because uh, in the long term it really will kill you really maybe not in a physical way but right. 
uh, yeah, it's important to be full mentally and, and yeah, physically. Because it will help you to you know to let it go, to let it go and to to continue, to continue. Because for me, the other possibility was uh, was not so pleasant. Right. Uh, amazing. Uh, I think that's amazing advice that you can give to someone. Um, amazing. So I'd like to conclude uh, our interview. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to to sit with me and and tell me your story and share it with the with the listeners. I think we can gain a lot from how you've actually moved forward and and conquered this uh, tragedy. Um, so I really really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dreamer Talks. I'd love to have you back again next week. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review of what you thought of the podcast. I'd really like the input to make this podcast as engaging and entertaining as possible. So once again, a big thank you and I'll see you next week. Thank you for watching and keep on dreaming.